0: Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday, May 16th, 2016. In the year of our Lord, this is Marty Duran with the 4th Estate Drive Time coming to you live from I-40 headed into Nashville, Tennessee. Happy 50th birthday to the Beach Boys. Changing project, Pet Sounds. Genre bending project. If you've never done the research on it, you might be uh, interested to to do that. It's a great story. significant portion of the documentary, The Wrecking Crew, uh, is based around the work of Brian Wilson in their studio with The Wrecking Crew making that particular project. Rock and Roll's uh, Rolling Stone listed as their number two all-time greatest albums a couple years ago. Primary influence for the number one greatest album, in rock and roll history. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club banned by some British group. Doing everything by memory this morning because I left my notes at home. So, Mark Zuckerberg has agreed to meet with 12, quote, conservative thought leaders. Unquote. This, according to Venture Beat. Uh, I'll be really interested to see who these conservative thought leaders are since one of them is Glenn Beck, formerly of uh, Fox News, now I think of The Blaze, um, who says, hey, I'm all for freedom of speech, but come on, Facebook. Two words on his Facebook post. Come on, Facebook. Let's try to be fair. So apparently Glenn Beck and many other conservatives and Republicans in the Senate are all for freedom of speech and they're all for freedom of business until they perceive that they are somehow being slighted and all of a sudden they, uh, they think the government needs to intervene. Which brings us all the way back to what we've said many thousands of times, slight exaggeration on the Fourth Estate, and that is do your own research. Don't depend on any group or any company to curate for you, and certainly don't depend on Facebook's manual selection process for its trending topics. So Zuckerberg has expressed his willingness to meet with 12 conservative thought leaders. If there's anybody from Breitbart in there, I'm really going to be disappointed. From the UK and the EU, Engadget and The Telegraph are reporting that Google stands to be fined in the largest antitrust fine in, um, in EU history. The European Union is going to slap Google at least uh, the uh, the guessing is that they're going to slap Google with a fine in excess of three billion euros for favoring themselves in search. Uh, they've abused their monopoly search position. I think are the the exact words that are used in the article. Uh, they've abused their monopoly power in uh, in favoring themselves in search. So according to the European Union. When you would search for X Y Z, if Google made, sold, or had a service related to X Y Z, they would favor themselves, or their company, or their investment, or whatever, uh, over others, and they would suppress independent, non-Google-owned companies. Now, I don't have all of the, uh, I don't know all of the specifics, like which companies they favored and who got put to the side or whatever. But that is uh, that is the news, and Google stands to be fined three billion dollars which of course uh they can collect from the change that was missed at the vending machine oh that's right they don't charge for their vending machines the change in the couch in sergey's office maybe uh that that's not an amount of money that google's ever going to be concerned about although they probably would rather spend it somewhere else rather than a fine from the european union but that is dear listener the cost of doing business in europe article in Spiegel about the African drought situation. There are around 11 countries that are uh, currently being affected by severe drought. Most of these are in the southern part of Africa. The worst drought in about 50 years. Uh, many places are already feeling the effect of famine. There's an interview in a story, uh, interview in the story, excuse me, with a, uh, a nomadic farmer He used to be rather wealthy according to Ethiopian standards uh, by the size of his goat herd. And now he is uh, down to his last five goats because of the lack of water. Uh, Lack of water, of course, means lack of food. And so all of his goats and other livestock now have died with the exception of about five goats. And many nomadic tribes now have had to settle down in these uh, makeshift homesteads or townships, I guess. And um, the result of that is that there still is no rain. Now, this is interesting on a couple of levels. First, the humanitarian aspect of it. Uh, the president of Ethiopia, which is one of the countries affected, uh, says he does have a plan, and the, comp- the country is working to distribute water into its outlying areas, but they're having to use tanker trucks. Uh, This is from a system, I think, of um, dams and reservoirs and maybe aqueducts that they've constructed over the last several years in preparation for uh, such a time as this. It's being blamed on El Nino, not directly being blamed on any type of uh, global warming, natural or anthropomorphic, either one. Uh, El Nino, as you know, is a weather pattern that wreaks havoc on uh, the natural weather systems, on the planet and it is being blamed for uh... this particular drought in southern africa now the reason that the secondary reason that this is really important is if you do the the recent history in syria before the civil war broke out um, it's only been about maybe six years ago five years ago that a drought in syria in the outlying areas began to affect the farmers. Uh, no crops, no livelihood. And so by the thousands, these uh, farmers, whose livelihoods had been damaged by drought, began to migrate into the cities. And uh, as they migrated into the cities, it caused tension. Those tensions eventually erupted into protests, and the protests eventually uh brought the the wrath and ire of the president and um, that's how essentially the civil war got started. That takes us to today with so many countries and so many entities involved uh, in the civil war in Syria. So um, I would guess that the UN and maybe some of the more powerful nations in the world are going to look at that particular scenario and uh, probably not wait as long to provide some kind of helper assistance in the southern parts uh, of Africa and uh, Ethiopia being one of the countries involved there and affected by the drought. So that's the spiegel and I think I've got all these linked in the episode notes for today so if you want to follow up and read uh these entire articles that uh, that would be awesome and encouraging for you I think uh, especially the one about Africa. Um, Thanks for listening. I am currently open for sponsors. The uh, two sponsorships that I've had have now expired, and I am open. So if you'd like to advertise on the 4th Estate beginning June 1, please contact me, Marty, at roundtablemediagroup.com. Or if you're familiar with my blog at martyduran.com, feel free to use the contact page there and uh, send me a message at your interest. It's $25 for the month, and you get two mentions per episode normally, uh, at the beginning and at the end. And if you're a self-published author or if you have an online business, uh, something along that line, and you're looking to get the word out, uh, this is a good opportunity. If you want more options, let me know. Roundtable Media Group does do advertising across its family of podcasts and blogs, so you get a lot of mentions and a lot of uh, impressions on blogs if you choose to advertise across the entire network. Again, you can email me, marty at roundtablemediagroup.com, for more information about that. The Fourth Estate and the Fourth Estate Drive Time are produced by Roundtable Media Group and affiliated with the same. I hope you have a fantastic day.